0: Hey there, and welcome to the Heroic Life Podcast—the podcast where we get you mission-ready for life. And we do that by talking biz life you better, stronger, faster. I'm Nicholas McGill, and on this episode, we will be featuring part two of the two-part interview with Marie Poulin, who is the host of Notion's Office Hours on YouTube, as well as the creator of the Notion Mastery Course. In the first part of the interview, uh, we got to learn a little bit more about Marie and her life and her upbringing and kind of her influences in uh, that inspire the notion spaces that she creates and some of the experiences she has with her clients and students. And in this one, we actually get to see the notion environment for those of you watching the video. Um, for those of you just listening to the audio, I highly encourage you to check out the website over at heroic.life. And you can see the video version of this so you can check out Marie's Notion Mastery course, as well as bits and pieces of her Notion setup. You can find everything that you'd, you'd ever want to know about Marie and Notion over at the uh, show notes for this episode, over at www.heroic.life. Sorry, brain fart. Anyway, without further ado, let's get started. there everybody welcome to the heroic life podcast and or video if you're watching there at home you're gonna have a great experience today with me again for part two is the the world famous marie poulin and her little notion mastery class that changed the world (laughs) and so now uh uh now i have entered the class and i have dabbled and dove in brought all of my deep diving gear into her master class. And I had to go back up for more oxygen because I've got only gotten a third of the way deep into this class. And it's amazing. Marie, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being willing to come out and share what you're doing in your math, in your mastery class. Yeah. Um, and, and hopefully I, I also want to ask you a bunch of, a bunch of other non-related questions, kind of behind the scenes that help motivate Absolutely. and drive your, your energy towards this. But, uh, how would you like to introduce the the course would you like to sh- share your screen now or or i'm happy
1: want... to yeah, yeah i'm happy please. to share any part yeah, of
0: it yeah i you know one and go ahead go ahead and fire up the screen share because this is the coolest part <laughs> My-
1: yeah. So this is, this is Notion Mastery. It's built in Notion. It's, you know, it's a course about Notion delivered with Notion. That's kind of a, an interesting use case. I mean, obviously Notion's not a course delivery platform. My husband and I have a course delivery platform, but Notion was just the best place to deliver this information. And I think, um, it's kind of a testament to the tool too, that you get to like, see how the tool actually can be crafted. Cause you're, you're going through it in, you know, in this platform that you're learning. So you're like, oh, these timestamps, how did she do that? Oh, she's laying things out in a gallery. So it's kind of interesting. And I think people felt it was a bit of a a surprise in a way, a bit of a delight. Uh, When I first launched the course, I don't think I even mentioned that it was built in Notion. Um, So when I switched that up on on the sales page, now it's more clear, but some people were like, whoa, it didn't even occur to me that it would be delivered in the tool, right? For those
0: of you who don't know, uh, Marie probably will not even email you. She will send you a link to a Notion page if she wants to communicate with you. I'm just saying. Yes, that is true. Yeah, (laughs) I I love it. I think it's great for so many different reasons. I'm in a course right now where they they share Google Docs and I
1: just, you know, copy, paste, paste it, send it back. And she's like, of course you sent that to me in a Notion doc.
0: I love it. I, I absolutely love it. You certainly... Uh, eat your own cooking, so to speak, yes. right? You definitely <laughs> yes. eat your own cooking. Now, if you could scroll down just a little bit to that pink mm-hmm. phrase, because in your class, um, this is what, to me, you know, this is one of those things that pay, you know, pays for the class. This is one of those things that is absolutely irreplaceable because, you know, uh, I remember looking at this, looking at Notion, being a beginner with Notion, and having a lot of anxiety as, as a highly sensitive person as an entrepreneur as as kind of a guy who wants to be organized and do all these things and it is so cool that you address this i mean you obviously know your audience very well because you have you experienced overwhelm and notion i mean any user so tell us I about this i mean i this. had
1: yeah i had no choice but to address this um, i can say i have given very very few refunds for the course um, I actually since have said, like, a no, no refund refunds. policy. Yeah, good for you. Um, and I'm happy to, you know, talk about why I decided to do that. But the I think the most of the refunds I've given were COVID-related. People just said, look, I, I can't afford this. And I, no problem, like, whatever made it work. But there was, there was one person who was angry at Notion. She was very angry. Like I got a very hostile email from her. I was like a little surprised, but you know, p- pandemic had just been happening, bought this course kind of expecting overnight your setup is going to be ready. Now I certainly um I have adjusted the sales page copy over time for sure. I mean, every couple weeks, couple months I am adjusting and refining that copy to address specific things that people are saying or asking me because I didn't want people to think that um, yes we're going to teach you to be a master but like this is not exactly as you've probably seen like notion in a weekend you're good to go like this is a more advanced like we cover the basics but we're taking you to like level 11 but that's not going to happen overnight because there are these like we talked about before, like habits, there's mindset, there's lots of other pieces, like, do you have the supportive routines that are even in place? Or are you just trying to recreate the messes that you've already had in Asana, Google Docs, Trello, whatever, and mm-hmm. trying to recreate the same stuff in Notion? So obviously, there's a lot more Um, possibility and building and things that still need to happen once you get into the course so it's not like overnight you're just going to get your setup and it's perfect and everything is humming but this person was in a very panicked state right the pandemic had just hit money's an issue I need to be productive quickly like she was uh, trying to keep track of case files or whatever very quick and I was like okay that's not going to be learning in a panic this type of of knowledge is not going to work and I I had to. no problem. I just said, you know what, like refund this person. I was like, sorry that you felt that way. And I adjusted the sales page language to be even more clear about that and try and set better expectations who this is for, who this is not for. Um, and even people who have stuck it out with the course have said like, whoa, like this is really intense. So I had no choice but to address this as a thing and to kind of quell people's, um, well, again, it sets expectations for the course, right? right. So I think,
0: like, I think any newbie is going to be overwhelmed and we all are many times over as we're building it out and refining mm-hmm. these things and making them better and I love tweeting you and messaging you and and I'd love you know like oh my god I'm flooded with this or that the other thing like but yeah the fact that you acknowledge it right off the cuff like made it easy for us the students to let down our guard and be like oh okay yes. it's not just us we're all crazy for doing this right like yes. this is so you know it's it's only now really with no, notion where it's like you can create all of these systems that interact with each other as as a consumer that's never been done before there's you know you're everyone who does this is a pioneer and you're leading the charge and and you're basically the trailblazer um and and yeah i think part of it is like the my course
1: design background a little bit like you know having worked in a software that is delivering online courses and working with other people like online course creators. I was so steeped in online courses from that side of things. I've worked with, um, uh, instructional designers and that sort of thing. So I've had a lot of background in terms of, um, reducing that overwhelm even just within a course right like how do you set expectations so a new learner is ready that those barriers are are lowered and that sort of thing so i think i just had no choice but to really address it Uh, and like you said people end up beating themselves up or anyone with perfectionistic tendencies like there's a ton of people who sign they're like ready to get it all perfect and like what's the best way to make sure i have the databases right and and someone would ask me like oh is this like, am I doing this wrong with the para? And I was like, there's no para police. Like no one, <laughs> of course you can take it and make it yours. I want you to take it and make it yours. So I'm hoping that I give people enough of a starting point, but also enough flexibility that I'm like, this is just what works for me. Maybe there's a different way for you. I want people to feel that freedom that this is just a starting point and give yourself some patience and time. You're learning a whole new way of being, not just a tool.
0: And you know, and I, and I can tell from taking the course too that, you do a very good job with being very gentle about showing everybody the basics of Notion. You will definitely learn that in this course. Understanding relational databases, you will get that in in this course, right? Getting really, as she's showing you right now, right? Like the videos in here are great and the pro tips, I really got to call out. I love it every time you remind me of a pro tip about how to do something better. Those little- Uh, The little call outs. (laughs) Yeah, those call outs uh, have saved my bacon throughout this course. Right. Like, uh, um, let's see if we've got a few here. Like, oh, pro look, tip, cr- Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then even, you know, you even advise to create a sandbox, which, which would have saved my bacon had I signed up the, for the course before ah. starting the notion journey. <laughs> right. I started firing with live ammo before. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it would have been much better for my own personal sanity for people who are navigating overwhelm in, in, when you're looking at this, it would have been better to, Hey, Here's a process to create a sandbox with you in your course background, your course creating courses background. Yeah. And then on top of it. There's lots of meta-levels happening here. Yeah. Yeah, it is definitely. I think you even use, I think several times in the course you mention. You know there's like an inception warning at multiple stages yeah. of this is beware of the multi-databases within databases within databases inception. I love the inception totally. mentions because it's like, oh yeah, I get it, I get it. I've gone too far. Yes,
1: yeah, absolutely. And everyone gets it. Like everyone is, you know, talks about that too. Like, oh, I like over-engineered, and then you scale it back, and we all kind of know what that means because we've all been there and like over-complicated something. And um, and you know, part of having like even the support and discussion in here too means that um the most common questions that come up. I'm like, that's a lesson. That's a lesson. That's a lesson, right? Every time that there's, there's something new. So, um, so there's, an entire, fascinating. Yeah. there's an entire
0: support <laughs> knowledge management database right in here, right? Like, so, so, so the entire knowledge base is built right into notion. Of course, nobody should be surprised at that, but it's, it's here. It's a resource. Uh, I, uh, before we started recording, I was, I was likening this course to, Uh, Tim Ferriss's tools of titans right there's so much to consume here and it's great if you're getting to know the basics it's great if you need um to know personal workflows and kind of those examples of all of these use cases the templates are in here you don't have to chug through all of it in (laughs) one sitting um that's I think an important thing for people to know I mean you obviously how long did it take you to build this oh
1: my goodness um Yeah. Let's talk about the process of (laughs) of shipping courses. Here's the timeline. In August, I did a webinar on Notion. Um, At the end of August, I signed up for Mariah Causes Accelerator program, which like Mm -hmm. lit a fire under my butt to get, like, I knew I had a course in me, but I just didn't. uh, And again, like I work in online courses too, but I wanted that group, that accountability, that um, coaching, all of that. Uh, and also the funnels around it too, not just making the course, but I wanted to be really smart about how I was was uh, delivering it and uh, marketing it and all of that. So I uh, signed up for that at the end of August and it took me, I think I started doing free Zoom calls. It was just like, hey, want to have a question about Notion. I was doing these like free office hours, whoever was dropping in, I think it was like four people the first week and then 12 people and then 20 something. And then that's when I uh, developed that relationship with Notion. Where I started doing their live office hours. So suddenly, um, I'm doing these live office hours. I'm in communication with people constantly. I'm seeing all the questions. Start making YouTube videos, and every week, for I think 12 weeks, I shipped a YouTube video every single week.
0: There. So I was like, oh, Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say there is a YouTube video that I remember because I binged all ah. the Marie Poulin YouTube videos that you pulled. That was like it was like a. I think it was one of the tours of 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 your setup. I think it was one of those uh, all-in wonderful YouTube videos that if you weren't it, or something, yeah, yeah <laughs> if you weren't following it, you guys missed out because she revealed quite a bit for free. You were like,
1: what is this? <laughs> yeah,
0: um, yeah. But it, I, that so so sorry, I I did not mean to interrupt you. So no, so okay. so you were basically you got an accountability group. Um, so that you could have a smart strategy and tactics around executing, uh, the development of it, have it having that support obviously around you yep. when you're yep. an entrepreneur or solopreneur, that's, that's obviously, uh, critical. And then this was back in August of what, 2019? Yes. Yeah. We're in well, actually, the course
1: just had its one year anniversary a couple of days ago.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, wow. So, so
0: how long? So hang
1: on. No, it yeah. would have been 2018. Yeah. 2018 was when 2018. the YouTube videos, YouTube was starting, and then 2018, mid-October, I think I open I opened up the pre-sale and just said, I'm just gonna do like a quiet, quiet little group and a couple people could join. And if you wanted, it, it's like 279. I think yeah, 279 was my mm-hmm. um, pre-sale. I didn't have any course content created. I'd had this like habit of shipping YouTube videos. I was hearing the same comments over and over again. I'd gotten, you know, through these office hours, I was just getting familiar, looking at a lot of setups, just having these conversations um, and just realized there was like all this momentum forming. And I was like, all right, what's the worst that could happen? Why don't I try going all in on Notion for a little bit? Like worst case, it's a chapter of my life. And then I do some, you know, mm-hmm. let's see where this takes me. Cause there was just so much momentum in a way that I would never felt with any of my other products or services in the past. I could just uh, like my networks were opening up new people on Twitter, YouTube. Like it was just opening up all of these networks and possibilities. I was like, oh, okay, there's something here. There's like, this product is about to take off. I need to double down on this. So open up the beta I think it made about 10,000 in a couple of days on, on the pre-sale. And I was like, okay, like... That's a good signal. And I, I think at the time I had less than, I don't know, like 500 or a thousand people on my email list. It was like mm-hmm. pretty small um, at the time. <laughs> and so once this uh, pilot kind of filled up and I'd actually capped it in the accelerator, Mar- Mariah was basically like, do you hate making money? Like, why do you hate making money? Like, why are you capping the... <laughs> I was like, but I feel like I need to like get the course, you know, and so she kind of pushed me on that. And I said, all right, let's just like keep making it available. I was very clear on the sales page. This is a pilot. This is a beta. So there, I do feel like one of my learnings was Some of the people that signed up early were probably expecting a perfectly polished, finished course. And it was very like, we're doing live office hours and then I'm going and making lessons. Like it was very build on on the fly, which Mm -hmm. I love that approach. I actually think it's, um, I think I thrive with that external accountability of like can't disappoint the people. So uh, I liked doing those calls that, that really helped me sink in and figure out what were people really asking for. And then I would go and ship the material. So there were a few people that I think got lost in the transition when I was like, uh, moving it from this like pilot janky whatever to this new version because before it, this whole course used to be in my workspace in the okidoki workspace and it was like a project I was inviting people to and it was um, it felt kind of messy it was very messy uh, mm-hmm. and some people were along for the ride like there's still people who show up to every single office hours even today that were like the, the first 10 people that joined and it's so fun like they're just the original supporters so it has gone through so many ebbs and flows but I would say Uh, Late October was kind of when the content itself began, like the first, hey, check it out. Those first couple of modules are ready. Uh, And I would say it wasn't until the spring, like maybe March that I actually felt like I'm out of beta now and it's not like a janky pilot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love that. Like you also sent emails out. I remember you talking about uh, the fear of shipping it. Right. And I, I think it's so good that you're willing to share your story of, you know, like, I can't tell you how many times uh, we've we've been stopped, or I've stopped myself behind the scenes for that. Not ready oh, yet. Oh, it's it's not ready yet. It's not perfect. Like I I don't want to. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. I, so what? Um, this is so interesting because I I'm I'm lured in by the page you're displaying on the personal workflows. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, uh, you know, in in that note, I, I want to ask you a question. And like let let's talk about. Uh, uh, don't even tease me with coming soon. I see coming soon. <laughs> The uh, uh, big picture planning right now, like to me on the personal workflow side, like that yep. was, that is a milestone. That is a huge area. This is a discipline unto itself. Absolutely. And I think it's so critical inside of Notion. And uh, I actually have an, a, kind of an advanced question here is, is what would you say to the people who have like veered off their path? Like you create... Mm-hmm. That you create all of that vision, you create those vision, the projects, the milestones, your whole year, your whole five year, your whole 10 years planned out and laid before you. Nailed and then, it. Yeah. Yeah. Something happens, you know, life like the happens. Pandemic yeah, life, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Children. Yep. We, we've had both of those things happen. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're, we, we're, my, my wife is due in April with our second daughter. Oh, wow. I am outnumbered and outgunned, last man standing <sighs> in our house. But, that that's an unexpected turn right so we actually have to adjust it's like oh crap i'm practicing all this 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 planning right and on a daily weekly whatever basis and then at some point uh sometimes we're pulled away from our planning process sometimes just the life change happens how have you dealt with that how have you managed uh how do you get back on the horse i guess is what i'm i love i love this question
1: too because i actually think the planning piece Uh, is probably the piece I get the most questions about because I do think it's probably the part that maybe people haven't uh, flexed that muscle quite a bit or we don't we beat ourselves up when we don't um, hit the goals and so um, there's there's been so many great dialogues in the um, in the office hours too which you'll have access to so you can check out the the replay on that but uh I think people really beat themselves up for not reaching their goals or for not like completing certain projects. And for me, the process of planning is way more helpful, useful. The whole point is the process, not the specific outcome. So yeah, I had a whole plan for 2020 and it involved a lot of travel. Like I was supposed to be in you know Norway doing a speaking gig. I was going to do a notion tour across Canada and like deliver talks and like, that just didn't happen so my whole plan <laughs> and it's like maybe that happens in 2021 maybe not but given my circumstances now um i do a lot of quarterly planning and a lot of monthly and weekly planning too so you just kind of you you ask yourself what still is important what is still valuable to me what is still my north star and i think as long as you have kind of outlined like your values what is that north star that you're working toward uh are there financial goals that you have in place what are those kpis like doing the work to really figure out what are those milestones for you that are going to make you feel like you're making some progress and if you have to shrink those milestones if you have to change them if you got to put them on hold that's why we have status of idle or status of backburner or off track and that's okay um i don't look at it as a as a personal failing i'm like that's interesting why have I been avoiding that task that's been on my, like, I just look at that as information and I don't, I don't, don't take it personally. I just ask myself, um, why am I avoiding that? Where's this resistance coming up from? Is it like, a, I'm afraid to put myself out there. Is it that I don't have the support that I need? Or there, is there someone I need to hire to make this happen? Is it outside of my strengths? What parts really light me up? And so I just use that information as, as a way to do deeper reflection and just reset, reset the the goals or we set the projects for the next month
0: how, how much uh, um, self therapy has been baked into the uh, notion process in here cuz i can hear it in your i can hear it in yeah. your narrative right i can hear it in your story and and it's obviously like we're now crossing boundaries or going cross discipline and cross functional with systems Absolutely. design right and yeah. uh, um, what you know has that influenced you at all like uh, any therapy yeah. modality or or oh uh,
1: yes oh yes um, I lo- so I love it. you asked this too, because what, like the favorite thing that I, I, maybe you saw it in an email, I don't remember, but one of my favorite pieces of feedback was somebody saying, Um, I was expecting to learn about the tool and end up learning how to be a better person. And a lot of that was because of this um, big picture planning, goal setting, uh, habit building, all of that stuff. And to me, it's like the tool is just a tool. If you're not really using it to make your life more interesting, better, and, and make you more awesome, like really track what? why are you learning all this stuff? What's the point of all of it? So I don't think I realized initially how much of my own sort of personal philosophies were kind of baked into that until the students were reflecting it back. And I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. Maybe this is kind of a unique, unique differentiator. Maybe I should speak to that more on the sales page. Maybe I should do a bonus module on this or, or what have you. And so I would just keep ebbing and flowing, listen to that student feedback, adjust the content, adjust the templates and then uh, update the sales page as well. So it, it, starts to move beyond just Notion. And the idea is that these skills that you're learning, hopefully translate, if for whatever reason you decide that Notion's not the best tool for you, that you've at least still learned something that you can translate into other tools as well. So a lot of therapy, like I'm a huge, huge fan and proponent of therapy, like best decision ever was to do some therapy. And uh, the reason I got into therapy was actually I had hired a leadership coach, Tanya Geisler. Amazing. I might've mentioned her before. She's a phenomenal woman and she deals a lot with the imposter complex and that was what I was really struggling at the time it was really playing small I was so afraid to put myself out there afraid to do talks and I knew that was holding me back in business and I I believe almost anything is learnable like if, if you want to be a speaker you can reverse engineer that there's some skills involved there's confidence there's um you know the actual body language there's so many levels of that all of it's learnable there's books about it there's cor- cor- courses, Courses. coaches, you name it. Right. So Tanya was the first person I invested in to kind of help me work through a lot of this mindset stuff. And one of the sessions we had together, the homework was, it was basically like a brag sheet where you had to write out all of your like fantastic accomplishments in your life and things that you were most proud of. And, uh, it's so funny to look back at those sessions in memory now, but, um, each week between the homework sessions, she'd be like, so like, how did, you know, this week's homework go? And I was like, well, like I, did, I had like a bit of trouble filling out the sheet and I was just kind of like, oh, and she's like, oh, what's coming up there? And I was like, I don't know, it just feels kind of like, like bragging. And she's like, okay, and what's wrong with that? And then you start uncovering, like what are your preconceived notions around bragging? And um, you had to identify who do, you, uh, who do you admire and who do you disdain? And Mm -hmm. then you had to deconstruct why, right? Like, what is it that you like is triggering for you when you see that person post on Instagram or Twitter, like something is coming up for you. And she's like, it's usually just pointing to your values, right? So for me, it was like someone who had this super hyper curated Instagram feed. And I was like, oh, just you know, you can tell they hired a professional and they don't have any like real photographs. And she's like, sounds like that's pointing to your value of authenticity. So I learned a lot about myself through working with her through some of that stuff. And I didn't even realize how much I guess I was holding myself back and being able to like sit in my accomplishments and be like, wow, that was an epic thing that I did. I was like, I couldn't possibly celebrate because that's bragging. And she's like, whoa, Marie, like what is happening here with this um, fear and this, uh, playing small and not wanting to be seen. And through that process of working with her, I uncovered whatever memories, whatever, like trauma mm-hmm. in my own background that I was like, Oh shit. Like I need to I actually need to go <laughs> deeper on this. Coaching is more forward thinking. I needed to do some uncovering of like, where's that actually coming from? Like, where is that like BS that I need to get rid of? And that sent me down the path of doing therapy for a year that like so the coaching the therapy all of that really set me on a path and changed my life for the better and and yeah it was just so a lot so out, of
0: work. would you would you say that out of that experience of both coaching and therapy that that the, the confidence gained there through through sounds like a lot of self knowledge like that plays a role in your success and growth moving forward. Do you Oh
1: hundred percent. Like even the fact that I'm doing YouTube, like you know, Maria five years ago would never in a million years believe I would be doing YouTube as a channel. Hundred percent. No way. Like, uh, like for me, the I remember thinking that I will have made it, like career made it if I like did a talk. That felt like so crazy out there if i could build up the guts to do that and then uh it was microcon so they invited me to to do a talk there right and i was like i mean the sleepless nights that ha like I feel like I, I probably stress out way more about the stuff that I need to. And I'm like looking around at the other speakers. I'm like, they seem so chill. And I'm like, I am freaking out. I'm not sleeping. My skin is breaking out. Like this feels so freaking hard. Why is this easier for other people? What the heck? Um, and it, it's taken a long time to to feel more comfortable with that. And, and so the idea of even, you know, shipping a YouTube video and having like 50,000 or 100,000 people view it is like, oh, that's like that video did pretty well. And it's crazy to think of how much my mind has shifted and how much I'm willing to show up. I don't edit my videos. Like if any of you have seen my YouTube videos, I'm like, I just got to ship it or it'll never get done. It's pretty unscripted. I don't script it. I just like, let me show them this thing in my workspace and we'll just go from there. So that has taken a long, long time, but I think I show up today because that's been like a thing I've had to chip away at and work at and where other people are learning other skills. I'm like, I need to figure this out. How do I speak with confidence? How do I learn how to talk about my ideas in a way that doesn't have me crapping my pants. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think it's interesting. That's the, you know, the, you know, there's the, there's a counter movement right now. There's that counter movement. There's this, you know, the Stoic movement is very big out there, and and uh, uh, you know the the, uh, basically the ego is the enemy attack. And, and like, to yeah. me, I, I shake, I shake my head at that because there's so many people who need to tap into ego is rocket fuel. It can blow up in your face or it can take you to the moon. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and there's so many people who feel more introverted or have social anxieties about doing like the journey that you've had to do. And it's mm-hmm. like, You you know telling them that that part of themselves to feel good about like what you've done and what you've overcome telling them that that's bad don't do that don't don't invest in that it's like are you kidding me it's been a stepping stone for you it's been part of that rocket fuel to send you to the moon and anybody who's seen your YouTube channel probably has a hard time imagining you as you know nervous or anxious or 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 shy about uh, uh, kind of what you've had to do as you've developed Notion now now developed the Notion Mastery course. And, and what's, what's funny um, to me about it is, is these personal journeys are all baked into the systems, design, processes, um, all of the architecture at play with the course itself. I'm not sure that anybody else could do a Notion Mastery course with the level of care that you have from Mm -hmm. all the the culmination of the journeys with Okie Dokie, with your therapy, Mm -hmm. with all of this stuff, because there's so much uh, in your natural, like what you advocate for in in kind of the daily reflection, man, that stuff's built into these systems inside of the course, right? You've baked it in, you've made it easy for people to access, and then they reap the benefits as long as they, they do it. And if they, even if they say anything every day in those little reflective tidbits, they can turn around in the rear view and go, oh yeah, this is a major theme showing up in my life. Is this good? Is this bad? Working? Not working? Right. I think that's huge. I think that there's a lot of, as you called it out, right? Like the, um, I don't know. I like to refer to it as spiritual technology. That's, that's the sub context. It's the subtext of, of, uh, what's going on. Right. And, and it's something that happens in systems design. Like I used, I have to point it out with, corporate clients, right? When we talk about programmatic bias built into mm-hmm. systems, like we design yep. tools and apps to do this. But now when you're designing a system for yourself, it's like, how, how am I tricking my brain? Am I tricking it in a good way or?
1: So true. Yeah.
0: It's a, a, so it's an interesting thing what you've, you've done and to kind of create a very strange new world of technology and make it graspable that that's the combination of both obviously a high tech thing and mm. a personal development platform, if you will. I know we don't, we, tr- we try to focus on, oh, notions it all in one workspace. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> so much more than that. It's like-
1: P.S., you're gonna learn how to be awesome, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that's
0: great, I love it. And, like, uh, uh, and I love the language that shows up in your emails when you do this stuff too. I think it's like, it's that that it's authenticity, like, like that- Sell them what they want, give them what they need kind of thing. <laughs> Well, that's, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up because there's so many schools of thought that are constantly, and, and you do this because you're in an advisory role, right? You know what the students need. And then at the same time, you're aware of what they want, right? They want an or easy, what they think they an yeah, yeah, right? easy yeah. path. They yeah. want an easy button. Do you have an easy button? You know? Yeah. Or like, and, you know,
1: a perfect example of that is someone who, like, I have my all-in-one template. So, uh, and again, my workspace evolves and changes over time, but I have like an all-in-one, if you just want to spin up Marie's whatever workspace from two months ago into your space. But then I had someone that was like, well, how do I keep track of any updates that you make? And how do I like make sure that my space is always completely up to date with yours? And I was like, well, but why would you want to do that? Like my space is so tailored to to me. I'm hoping like I'm teaching you to fish a little bit that that (laughs) it's up to you to take it to the next level. Like I've given you the bones, but now it's up to you to kind of, take it that extra
0: they it it is the it is it's almost the use case where where it's like Oh no I just want to subscribe to the Marie, Marie Poulin way of doing things just give me that and, and there's obviously gains to be had there and it's great and if they have like minds I mean I get you know like yeah. workflows I, I think there's a lot there but I agree with you that that obviously like you and I are very similar and visually oriented and design oriented and but at the same time I know there's forks and that's what I love about yeah, the system is, yeah, is yeah. like embrace your personal forks where it's like okay this Is where I get weird, right? Here's my ex, yeah, yeah, totally. Right, here's like, these weird things that I like to track, <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, um, before Notion in the master class, I had this, I think, when we printed it out, it was a six foot wide Google Sheet habit tracker.
1: Whew, whoa, yeah. baby,
0: yeah, and I was tracking far too many habits, and it was like it was the oh. never break the chain thing, right? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it worked, it drove me insane. But (laughs) uh, yeah, but it worked. (laughs) But it also drove me insane. We did it as an experiment, and we we and I can talk for days about it. But it's it's like it it's not sustainable, right? You need more flexible systems, and that's what's cool about I think your experience that shows up in your work is because you've had reps with so many people and their notion experience. It it you're face to face with those common problems. And you've had to solve them multiple times. And so you've, you've probably put a lot more reps into, yeah, I used to try that. And then I found this. And so like, again, man, the price of admission in in the notion mastery is there's so many takeaways where it's like, oh, that's why she does that. That's so much. Yeah. That's so much better than the way I was doing it. Uh,
1: Well, and I still learn, like even in the office hours, other students will show how they're doing something. And I'm like, P.S. Sandra, that is a brilliant idea and I'm going to go, you know, workshop my workspace this week and I love that Um, it's a very collaborative community and even with like August Bradley and Kay and uh, Francesco, like a lot of us have courses and we, like you said, we bring our different unique lens, like no one else has my weird unique lens of therapy and mentors and tech background, like we all have our own little unique mix that we don't even realize I think that our our products are such a result of that and that's what kind of makes it unique, so yeah, could people like make very similar videos and copy my templates? And, you know, I've had, you know, people ask about that. I'm like, yeah, sure, you could do that. But like, there's going to be a flavor to my stuff that is there for a reason. And the people that resonate with it are really going to resonate with it. And it's totally fine if someone's like, eh, this feels too like artsy-fartsy or it feels too like whatever. I've done that personal development stuff. I just want to really, pr-. like, there's something for everyone, I think. Right,
0: yeah, I, I think that, yeah, if you just want to project manage and and kind of, yeah. I mean, there I think that there's, like that that's what's great is you again it's like the tools for titans book right it's like okay there was so much in what you've packed in because of all the use cases you've ran into and had to advise there's so much you've packed in here that it makes it you know that there's there's definitely not just something for everybody there's there's many things for everybody i i think that there's enough there where it's like um frankly there's just stuff i'm gonna have to skip Right, just because oh, I, yeah. I've got things to do. I've right? got where, children
1: to feed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's
0: it's that it is very much like that where, where um uh where it is the uh, it is that all inclusive uh, buffet and it's like, okay, all of this looks like Fabulous food! I just can't eat it all. Where do I'm I start? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, That's, it's... That
1: is really the challenge of the tool, right? It's like how in depth do I go? And I do think different, you know, notion teachers are are going to be niching in these different ways, and you almost have to teach it. But I like the business business and life, people who are trying to blend those two and integrate the two together. So it is a lot of like solopreneurs or small entrepreneurs, small teams. Um, That's kind of the use case I think is most interesting because that's what
0: I I know best, you know? Well, and I've seen that in the course itself. I remember you showing how to navigate that fork, right? How do you and and Oki navigate the split? And that was a very interesting section because as I look at it with my team, it's a similar thing. Like I run an innovation lab. I have to be in charge of it. I have a team, I have to be in charge of them, but I'm also my own version of my own little nutty professor in my own little world of personal and spiritual and Mm -hmm. all of these, all of these, you know, and I've got, you know, marriage, family, health, daughter, all of this stuff to manage. And, you know, obviously I don't want all of that shared with my team. And so it's interesting to figure out how do you navigate the the separation or do you, right? And to what extent? And I, I think that it's cool that there are trailblazers like you kind of leading the way and geeks like me like from from my end what i like about from a heroic end like what i've always wanted was i needed a place where i could express myself in my own language right and yeah you know uh, a document wasn't enough right it wasn't this hybrid of well i'm a design geek but i'm a tech geek and you know how do i share this how do we share like for for us it's like how do i share the heroic culture book or or our version of some of our practices and if they don't have the basics, if people don't have the basics, if they don't immerse themselves in this world, we can't do that. So you are literally, you know, like trailblazing in a way that creates this, you know, the, the, the ecosystem of notion um, for so many other entrepreneurs. And that's why it's so cool to see what happens with you. And, you know, obviously you, you've got, you're in that click of the other trailblazers as well, the August Bradley's <laughs> of the world um, who have infinite depth and time. To it <laughs> yeah. all? I don't know how he does it. And the
1: production quality. I'm
0: like, damn it, August. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's so Zen. The, yeah. uh, yeah, he's so Zen. The, uh, uh, but it's great. And so like inside of your, your, your world, I mean, I want to like, like, I want to go over some highlights for people who don't know inside of your space, right? Like this isn't just for beginners, I'm pretty intermediate. I can keep up with August Bradley, and if I had nothing else to do, I could compete with him. But it, but still, still, your mastery course comes in. You know, this is a world where, you know, relational databases. What ideas connect? What can I get out of my head and kind of on paper, so to speak? And and what can I learn from that? That's what Notion allows us to do, and it and allows us to form a degree of non-linear connections too. And that's what I think is really. Um, captivating to so many people. Yeah. And, and so it's, what is it about Notion that really excites you? I mean, I know you got signals, you saw the market, you saw that there was a niche here for you, but why do you love it so, I guess? It's I question.
1: mean, yeah, there were so many pieces that I fell in love with early on. Like I think I mentioned like permaculture was the first, one of the first kind of use cases of organizing those thoughts, uh, doing that daily journaling habit again, like I've never been consistent with anything like that in my life. Uh, And my journal is at like 560 days in a row, never missing a day. Like I've incentivized myself now because so much of my system is kind of layered upon that. Um, So I think I just found joy in feeling like I um, had a better sense of what's actually on my plate, what matters, it felt creative, it felt uh, practical. It, it's I, To me, I think it's such a great blend of open, creative um, a place that feels spacious and inviting and inspiring but also quite practical right with the Mm -hmm. databases and so it took me a while before I even embraced databases I was like chucking images and videos and it was like all organic and my husband had the tables and everything was super rigid and it it took me a while to actually come over to the dark side and I was like oh these databases are not so scary let's see what we can do here Um, so it, it took a while I think just the more that I used it the more I was like could I use it for my recipes database? What if I did it? I just looked at what I was doing with other tools already. Let's look at what I'm doing with the Google Docs. Could I put my client uh, client care packages or, or resource libraries or whatever? And just bit by bit, I was like, yeah, I can do that. And it's better. Yeah, I can do that. I just, my whole space kind of came to life and it became this place I actually enjoyed opening first thing in the morning. Um, and you know, more importantly than anything, I felt like despite the time sink that can be Notion, like, because you can <laughs> go to Tweaksville and, and have yeah. a grand old time and spend all weekend playing with your Notion space, that is a, that is a risk. Um, despite that, I was still being way more effective with my time than I was with any of my other tools, I think, because it was way easier for me to really, really see what I had on my plate. That's what got me most excited. I'm like, look how effective I'm being. I used to be a chaos monkey. And now look at me. So
0: I was very excited. <laughs> a chaos monkey. I love it. Right? Like this is, so I, I have a, my black belt question to the black belt is, is the, uh, to, to the sensei of this is like, what does areas look like for you now? Right? Like, uh, cause there's so many videos out there. They talk about para and personal and, areas or business areas. Let's do a personal because we both know where you live. We know where you live. Like, that's the good stuff. Let's see the personal, like, are they, are they pages? Is it a database? Is it both? Is it?
1: Good question. So I don't have um, business database areas. The only time I use an areas database is for personal. So I have craft, recreation, personal finances, house and home, mind, body, spirit, business, advocacy, relationships, permaculture, style. It's kind of a new one. And life compass.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, so you still live in those areas in, in an areas database. So you still have those. Um, and, and so you open those up not really to be yeah. honest they're they're almost more like just tr- like
1: it's a pretty gallery right i and was like, just gonna say this nah, this nah, is nah. so
0: important that people don't realize is like look the visual cues of be reminded of the areas in your life that you want to serve right like i was gonna ask because i this is present in the mastery course so i'm not violating any marie and uh, no, uh sure. trade craft here because but it's just, it's just like the yeah yeah sure. it like this is important because this is where you know a lot of people get stuck, and even I get stuck in that little nugget of yes, you do have an areas database, but it's really used primarily for this this little McNugget of yeah. visual inspiration, right? It's like I, I see you all the time going through your workflows, and obviously going through the whole, the, the the course, uh, um, you know. I don't see you really navigating to the areas page beyond kind of inspiration Mm -hmm. and overview. Is that true? Exactly,
1: yep, exactly. So again, if, if there's like a singular priority for each of these areas, I just put that in there as text, it's simple. And I think the only thing it connects to is a commitments database. Um, And even that, sometimes I change my mind, and I turn that into text and whatever. Um, Even here, you can see these are the projects going on, but there's no relation there. They're just at mentioning it. So this is just like a place to be like, remember, you said this was important. Here it is, and I I love that visual, the visual cue that I get here.
0: And I love what you did right there because I, I, you know, before we we uh, started our session, I mentioned one of my killer takeaways from the course was the at mention versus the relational. Right. We because you're using Notion, you may feel compelled to make everything a relational connection and it mm-hmm. will drive you insane. <laughs> it will drive you insane to do that. And here you, you did it in your own areas database where it's like, now nah, I'm going to mention the related projects or, or um, whatever fits in. But uh, I love that. I love that you, that, you know, every, there are so many people in Notion land who worry about all of that crossover function beyond it's like, no, this is just for design. This is just true. This yeah. is.
1: And I think backlinks also make that a lot easier too, right? So if I'm at mentioning one of those pages up there, like it's going to show on the other side too. Um, so I think backlinks kind of make it easier to navigate. It's almost like, don't worry, don't overthink it. You know, like I have one-off pages that only live in here, right? Like I might have a, like a guide to investing or something that maybe only lives in here or like one-off, like in my style thing here, I think I have like uh, clothing that only lives here, right? Because that's the only place that's really relevant or whatever. Right, or Like. at
0: Ethical you, brands, you know. <laughs> can you give us an example of a backlink of, of what you mean by uh
1: let's see. You can see there's a backlink here. So this is in style, right? Uh-huh. It's also in my reference. So I reference the ethical move. I know that's like a resource. Um, and I can jump right back into the style. Well, and so anywhere anywhere that you add ah, mention something, it's
0: gonna create um create a backlink. Beautiful. That's awesome. Like, so speaking of resources, well, let's go through some rapid fire stuff. So, so we can go through some of it. This is less notioning, more into the mind of, of Marie Pool. And, um, you know, who comes to mind when you think of successful? Let's do some simple rapid fire questions. Oh,
1: these are going to be tough. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think like Mariah Cause is somebody that I've been really just super admiring lately.
0: Mar- Mariah, make the uh, Mariah Cause. Make the checkout to Marie Poulin. Uh, <laughs> Mariah Cause, what does she do? She's She is the... Uh, um, she she teaches the
1: Accelerator and High Ticket Hybrid. So I'm in her High Ticket Hybrid right now. Um, and I mean, she runs a multi, multi-million dollar company teaching other people how to build online course empires. And like, I've taken her Accelerator. I've built my online course empire. I cannot say enough about having worked with her. And she's so down to earth, unassuming you would just you would just never know. But she's just quietly rocking it. And I'm always so surprised when people have never heard of her. I just,
0: yeah, I've um, never heard of yeah. her. I'm writing.
1: Ah, oh, I love, I love that. I'm just like, what? How are people not aware? But you know, we, sometimes we follow the same bubbles or kind of the same people. And, um, and probably gender plays into that a bit too. Like I follow a lot of other, like, who are the powerful women coaches? Who are the people that are like showing up that, I can kind of see myself like I like their energy, and so um, I think we sometimes maybe follow people that remind us of ourselves.
0: I think that that right? is a, a wonderful takeaway. I think that that's a wonderful reminder to to go out and look for those people who you could see yourself being. Right? That's. There's another um,
1: Layla. <laughs> she is another incredible like permaculture sustainability. Uh, I was like UN ambassador uh, ambassador of the year. Like. She is just. I want to be here when I grow up. Yeah, I, I the, love it.
0: You know what's what's funny yeah. about in your resources database. I know you can sort it based on how many times you link to somebody. This is a good way yep. to see who who yeah. really influences who has more. <laughs> Um Yeah, who who ha- how many articles, notes, or items are there? And I, I literally screenshot it in the mat. You're so nice in the master Ooh, class because you're allowed. Here. You're allowed to show this. And this is like you you're in the head of Marie Poulin and you could view like, you know, hey, here's her top five based on what's in her head, right? Like the uh let's Let's
1: do it by uh ascending or descending. Let's see. I can I can sort by yeah, how many, how many people's um resources have I saved.
0: Oh, I don't have my screenshot on here. It must be on my Mac. But yeah, I, I remember s- seeing oh, you here. sort, sort <laughs> by that where it's like, wow, there's a lot. It's, who is this person? There's Maria oh, Maria I love it. And the uh, now you can tell who's really influencing you, right? Like,
1: like Tiago, you know, building a second yeah, brain, Tiago, right.
0: Second, yep. And and um, para.
1: and really, like honestly, doing. Um, I did a guest guest lecture for uh, Tiago's group, and that was my biggest sales day ever for the course um so anyone who's like already curious and interested in knowledge management um I feel like I was doing pretty pretty good with Notion and I took building a second brain and was like oh I can like Notion's a way better tool than Evernote watch this and hold my beer and I just like took my setup to the next level and so then I think anyone who was already in building a second brain that was like Oh, this is what you can do with Notion. So people right. were really, really curious about and that. And right
0: now, right now Evernote is really—you know—they they just launched their newest version of their product, and they're trying to make a how comeback. is it. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I'm not going to make the investment just because I look at... I'm, a, I'm in too deep. <laughs> well, that and like I work as a consultant in my job, you know, I, I have to look at, hey, are you guys even going to be around for the next five years? And I don't mean to, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I grew up, you know, as an entrepreneur using Evernote and all of these things, but you have to look at, you know, Hey, it would be, imagine if Photoshop was, could go out of style in five years. You really have to look at the shelf life of where are you going to put your digital lifestyle? Where will that live? And will that database be around in five years? And uh, there's so many tools out there and, and I know they've, they've adapted. I haven't reviewed them. So this isn't fair to Evernote, but um, because they carry that legacy of their brand, the kind of a more one-dimensional digital notebook type app with them, it's hard for me to see them as a competitor to Notion, right? So that's, mm-hmm, ooh, mm-hmm. that's You snooze, you lose. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, that's just the reality, you know, and Sorry, they have to compete everyone. with Microsoft's fluid uh, framework that's coming out too, that will also one day compete with uh, yeah. Notion here around the corner. Um, what, are, what are some books that influence you? Like, like I love, <laughs> you've got an eclectic mix, I know it. What, what are some ooh. of your favorites?
1: I mean, there's the ones that I kind of revisit often. They're like really practical. Like I often go back to the 12 week year, especially when you were asking like, what do you do when you get back off track of setting your goals and stuff? I think 12 week year is just always one of those classics that I go back to. Um, uh, Even like manager day-to-day, sometimes I go back to just some of those older, like uh, resetting those habits and routines and just kind of checking in on things again. Um, I mean, I I could go to and and check the ones that have the most... um, Let's go to my Readwise database. We could see which oh, ones have the this. most the most clippings, right? Yeah, yeah, I love this. I love
0: that we get to grab from data so that there's what you think you, yeah. you do. And then we can now yeah. look at kind of the data layer and go like, but I've grabbed the most notes and highlights about.
1: Here you can see some of the recent. Um, so these would all be from uh, my Kindle highlights. Mm-hmm. Uh, Badass Your Brand is a great one. I remember being super resistant because I thought the title was really cheesy, but it is mm-hmm. excellent if you're thinking about productized services. That's a really good one. Um, clockwork, oh, Profit First, Clockwork. Those are two really, really great ones. Um, it all depends what like subject you're. Uh, well, yeah, I like I, it's hurt. kind of
0: what comes to mind to you because obviously, mm. um, you know, you're an avid learner. I know that's a big part of of your life probably drove you to, to course creation. Um, yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting to know what, what informs your, your, uh, design methodology. Maybe that's a better way of asking Uh, that question.
1: Yeah. So that's such a hard question. Yeah. It's like who influences me? There's so many, um, you know, a lot of like, uh, what I learned in design thinking. And so even like, uh, Carol Sanford, she's got a book called like the regenerative business and, uh, Uh, So she talks about a a lot about sustainability in business. So she's been a big influence. Um, Marty Newmeyer, like the Designful Company, Zag, uh, the Brand Gap, there's some really good stuff there that are really classic. Um, Brittany Brown and Elizabeth Gilbert with Daring Greatly, Big Magic, Putting Yourself Out There in these big, um, uh, was it Playing playing Big? Oh, there's another one too, right? Like, so some of them are more on the mindset piece of just like, what does it take and and getting over those mindset hurdles to put yourself out there. And then there's like the really practical, um, tactical, how do you manage your time and that? So I, I vacillate, I think, but, you know, I'll often have like 12 books, in progress on the go that I'm often like moving on my shelves based on all right what's my focus right now email marketing like that's the kind of thing I want to master right now cool so I'll shift those books to the back burner and then when I'm like oh I feel a little insecure this week okay bring that back to the so I definitely do that I don't finish a book in in its entirety unless it's pretty pretty short so um, that's a confession. that uh, Oh,
0: ooh, confession right there. She doesn't finish the books. <laughs> she
1: doesn't. But I finished just- them eventually, but it might take a year and a half to get there. Like right, Profit First was a great example. Like I bought Profit First and I think I, it took me a year to finally, like every time I would do it, I was like, I don't know, this just seems like a little overly complicated. I'm a business of one or two, like
0: mm-hmm.
1: is like 11 accounts really necessary. Like I right. just didn't really see it. But um, I actually now have like a 5,000 word blog post that I'm working on right now that is like, um, I need to figure out how I'm going to finish this thing. It's like how we manage in our household and business finances as a couple. And like this thing is like, so there's a lot, a lot I happening love there. That there's a lot of
0: memes involved too. I could see that a lot of um, memes and graphics. I love the visuals.
1: Word free <laughs> money. Worry-free money and profit first, like those were two that uh, really influenced, like financially, my um, you know thoughts around finances and stuff like that too. So there was well, the
0: advantage. (laughs) There's a huge (laughs) advantage to to like uh, profit profit first, right? Like the instant you have all of those accounts, it forces you to see it, right? It it you you see this a real picture, yeah. Right. I've had conversations with clients about some similar issues where it's just like now it's, it's, it's undeniable. You can see it. You can see where your money's at. And oftentimes a lot of professionals, especially entrepreneurs and solopreneurs undervalue themselves. And they don't understand that Yeah, you're not making a You're not really profitable. You're not making enough and you have to address all of these buckets. It forces you to make decisions. Like
1: is that service that you're offering? Like, does that actually make sense? So I think like, again, uh, as part of the reason this blog post is taking so long is like there's so much nuance and especially again like couples different financial uh risk tolerance and habits around money and history around money and you name it like we are very different people when it comes to money so we've had to overcome quite a bit and get on the same page about this stuff so there's like I was like hey Ben can you look over this to make sure I'm not throwing you under the bus and that we're not like sharing too much info or this or that I wanted him to feel comfortable about it too um, so there's a lot of nuance and like uh emotion there and I want it to be useful and practical uh-huh. and share here's the journey that we came to here's why this didn't work here's why profit first was what saved our asses because we you know again as part of this gif is reflecting is we had the equivalent of my yearly salary over saved in taxes. So we were paying ourselves so little because Ben was like, Oh, but we're good. Like, what if we don't have enough? And I was like, we can pay ourselves more. And he's like, but what? So there was that me being more like free flowing and him being like, must protect the assets that we were so underpaying ourselves. And really what felt like living paycheck to paycheck, even though the business was doing really well, Mm -hmm. but using profit first, it was like, Oh, now we have,
0: you runway. You can see. You can figure like, this out. The yeah. numbers
1: don't lie. So it just makes that decision-making, it takes, totally took the emotion out of the decision-making.
0: Right. And let alone the mentalities or psychological baggage you come into a couple with on, on the financial side. Oh, yeah. a, the other interesting thing, I think that's a unique detail about you and your husband is you were both a couplepreneur and, and, and I think you very much, I'm just going to still call you guys that even though Ben's now a fireman. and he's he's fighting fires and keeping everybody safe well he still
1: works full-time in tech so he is like he is Um, an engineer yeah yeah what i I
0: love is you this is something that gets bragged about too much from people who are quote unquote couplepreneurs or it's like no you know it's my understanding is that you guys had no safety net and and like yep. <laughs> that is a very different sport. The sport gets real yes. when you're a free climber versus like a trust yes. fund baby or, or somebody so with wealthy cool. parents to bail you out. Like when you, you don't have safety nets, entrepreneurship is a very different sport and there's different techniques and things that you have to learn to do or die. Right. Yes. Like, and I, the reason I, I mentioned that, and I want the, the viewers and, and audience to, to hear that is if that's their situation, I want them to be influenced by other people who have that similar situation mm. where it's like, Hey, yeah, this is entrepreneurship without a net. Here's an example oh, yeah. of, of other entrepreneurs <laughs> without a net. And so, yeah, well, maybe we're not quite at a billion dollars yet, but we didn't start off with millions either. Right. Yes. So, so when we yeah. talk about undercapitalized startups or whatever, like, uh, for those in the, the crowd who are entrepreneurs who are just starting off from absolutely nothing and bad family backgrounds welcome to the party everybody yeah totally right Join now. us! <laughs> yeah everybody Join our here. dysfunctional
1: family we love exactly
0: you. <laughs> and that's I think it's so important I almost want to I, I, I want to keep I'm going to I'm going to create a notion database of of people who had to like there's a whole my trauma database yeah yeah <laughs> Well, there's the bootstrappers database, right? Like people who really did it without a net because it's, yeah. you know, they, one of the deaths of, of many a startup is undercapitalization, right? Not mm-hmm. having enough money to carry Absolutely. you through figuring it all out um, yeah. as you've had to punch through and, and um, you know, not having, gosh, we just saw today, uh, it's uh, October 22nd when we're recording this. Uh, Quibi announced they're going out of business, it's only been six months, and they raised $1.3 billion. And (laughs) they're out of business. Like, for me, I don't, I don't know how you do that. But (laughs) okay, I guess, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what could I do with
1: a billion dollars? You're right, yeah.
0: exactly, but anyway, another interesting dynamic of Marie Poulin is, is just <laughs> being an entrepreneur, being a woman, being, you know, all of these things, and doing it without a net, and doing it with her husband, so there's very few people who kind of fit these criteria um, mm. who, who don't, don't have that, and um, what other interesting questions i have we will wrap up in like 10 minutes so i don't take up too much of your time um favorite sub one sub 500 purchase
1: oh maybe my vitamix
0: (laughs) (laughs) your blender yeah (laughs) that's such a nerdy answer uh, is that um, smooth? well then fine well, let's have a tag along to that like what are we mixing smoothie? in this to mix yeah smoothie yeah is it a smoothie?
1: um yeah almond milk
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know mango banana maybe some spinach some chia seeds
0: maybe some spinach i love it <laughs> great okay Bite of no it's a great i think that's a great one that's a good uh um now with all the reps that you have, right? You have you have reps, you, you've overcome your fear of public speaking to an extent. We'll see, we'll just see you keep getting on bigger and bigger Ooh, stages. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm gonna try and make you laugh while you're nervous on stage or something someday. Right? Oh, like,
1: I la- I'm constantly laughing. It's the only, that's the coping mechanism, right? Like, ha ha ha, yeah,
0: <laughs> self-deprecating. Your thing. next TED talk, right? What are you gonna do? What would you What would you talk about?
1: Um, I mean, the thing that is like brewing, I think we kind of talked about mm-hmm. is like, um, business design that's inspired by the principles of permaculture. I think the principles of permaculture are so applicable beyond the garden. Um, I want to find ways to make permaculture more accessible and to actually use those principles in life design, business design. So that's the next coaching program. That's the next whatever I'm moving toward. You'll see those influences in Notion Mastery. So don't know what the name of it is yet, but that's kind of
0: where we heading. I, I like where you're heading and I like the inclusion of ecology. And in fact, again, that attracts, I think attracts even more to your following because I think it's interesting to see tech designers who are influenced by organic systems, right? By nature. Yes. And, yep. and I, I, th- I think it's very interesting and compelling the, um, that there are commonalities in the conclusions in the methods of how they operate in design. That is it's oh, yeah. very interesting. Um, what is the worst advice that you hear the most often?
1: Worst advice. Well, how about um,
0: this? If you were you, if you could advise you five years ago, what advice would you say? Hey, ignore that. Don't worry about that.
1: Um, this might be a little bit of a segue, but I remember I wrote an article about this because someone at Microconf asked me what I did, and at the time I was um, doing a lot of service-based, like consulting work. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I. And like that's how we made a very good living like we made a very good living providing services but because i'm at a conference where people are talking about products and SaaS and scaling um the first thing he said was like but that's not scalable right it was like the first it was like very dismissive and i thought to myself at that phase that i was in in my business i was like building skills working with people on the ground right the same way i didn't launch a course in ocean before i'd been like having conversations with people constantly. So this idea of like software being, that's like the scalable ideal product that we should be working toward. I I mean, I even think to courses have always, like for me, building courses or even coaching programs have been way more profitable than software. So to to only imply that there's like one format, one method or something um, that is useful. And also that at certain stages, scaling didn't make sense. I actually needed to do unscalable things during mm-hmm. that time because I was like uh, building my skills or I was building my confidence. Scale once you've figured out what works, right? So it's not like scaling all the time, like you should always be scaling. I think that that's kind of one of those like blinders on perspectives that I'm like, in time, let me figure out some things first and then I'll be ready to
0: scale. You, you know, that's, that's interesting and I think that's put you on the war path for great product design down the road because like the experiences in the service industry give you all of these reps, insights, oh, understanding yeah. interactions of, of your end customer someday for all the things that you'll create. And there's also the, you know, you make a lot of trade-offs as you and Ben really know. And uh, this was your talk at Microcon, um, right? The trade-offs you make to and, and cost hurdles you have to overcome to get the software off the ground, to get Definitely. to that point of profitability, whereas you know, if you did it as a hybrid, right, uh, product service hybrid, which is kind of the notion mastery course now, yeah, there, are, yeah. there are those options. Um, it it kind of gives you the best of both worlds. And I totally anticipate and I'll hold you to it. I'll, uh, you know, we'll check back in, uh, in, in a, I'll give you well, do I give you a year or two years? There's the question. <laughs> like, I expect there to be a book or two books, Ooh. because like, I think there should be because I, I, I think, that what comes out of notion too with all of this and a lot of you pioneers is like eventually you arrive at conclusions that fit you and and people like you like and and for you that might be a a rooted permaculture thing and this is the marie pooling methodology here's here's design inspired by this and and here's how this can serve you and like to me that's a product and i I don't know that there's a good path to having that journey without you know, without these reps that you're doing now, without the service that you're doing now, I work with people doing all of these things, product services across the board. And it drives me nuts when from a design mentality, the assumption that it's user centric to be constantly thinking at, at scale, Yeah, you end up treating people like cattle and a lot of big mm. mistakes are made by doing that because you're not really thinking of, okay, in my mind, I picture my buddy Marie who loves this. <laughs> she loves being visual. She, she loves permaculture. This is very organic and earthy uh, and geeky and learning. And she's going to love this, right? They're not doing that. Right. They're like totally. trying to create things that please everybody is, is, or
1: please themselves. Right. Or you're
0: thinking, you're thinking software
1: first. Like I know my husband falls into this. And I was like, couldn't you just make a notion page to do that? or a database or something like there's no code tools you could use that already do that like why would you want to put like you could do that but should you do that do you want to put all the marketing design a
0: tool from scratch yeah like build a new software and I was like wow really you want (laughs) you know Um... (laughs) you know what this world needs another to-do list app that's what this needs
1: (laughs) this is what we need well I mean even even something in like the fire services or something like that I'm like Is that something that's necessary or are there existing tools that actually do that actually better? Like, do you wanna make that your business? Um, So I think sometimes people come at it from software first, they wanna build a software and then they're like reverse engineering all the other stuff. And I was like, start with the humans first and you are gonna learn so much. So much,
0: agreed, (laughs) agreed. I think that's an awesome, I think that's an awesome. So all the way from, you know, like that's not a business that's not a scalable business to, okay. Yeah, no, start with humans first
1: just Uh, conversation it is on the
0: journey to scalability i i i agree with that i think that's a great uh tip um what are some zany beliefs that that you have and these might be hard to flesh out for you but it's okay zany beliefs crazy crazy things um (gasps) maybe maybe go to your principles of permaculture maybe like what um what can city folk like Mm. me
1: um i feel like i'm so bad at thinking of this stuff on the spot um uh, Zany beliefs. Um
0: okay. I can I can ask it. Like, yeah. uh, what do you believe is true? Kind of the, that goes against the trends of what other people tend to to operate on. But,
1: I mean, I okay. I feel like I don't follow all the supposed to's. Like, I've never had a freebie opt in. I don't like. I still technically don't have you're a funnel. To. I, you're all there's a to have a list. Of, I tell my clients to do it, but I'm
0: like, I just don't. Hey, I feel. <laughs> On behalf, wait, 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 I want to hold you there. You don't have a funnel, by the way. I do not I know. know. if Somebody like me. No, no, this is important. This is important here because I'm going to give you the opposite feedback. I hate funnels. I think every brand I run into that has a mm. click funnel, I automatically, in my mind, that is cheap. That You're is like a cheap I'm in a funnel, brand. and
1: you kind of want to. Yeah, I've been exposed, and I
0: bought some great. Like I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll, I'll name drop. Uh, uh Warrior Week. Uh, uh, um, Garrett J. White's Warrior Week, which is great. Make your husband do it um great very expensive investment but but epic program however i had to i mm. did it i chose to do it in spite of all the click funnel stuff and i know this ah. makes me zero friends uh out there on the internet but it's really important it's like you know what this is cheap common narrative over and over and over again mm. it's the same story same mm-hmm. tactic same copy same copy and it's like you are not being an authentic self if this is your authentic self like I probably don't like your product because if you're following this methodology, you're probably following it in the rest of the product experience. And it chases guys like me away. Granted, I'm probably 0.01% of the population (laughs) out there. But like, uh, uh, you know, I think when you're looking for super users or super advocates like like me, like I'm the guy who becomes a super advocate, the picky guy, the discerning man, right? Mm. It's like, Won you over. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a hard convert, but when you win me over, it's like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and get people to do this. And the I just think it's it's interesting that you know, obviously it's all the rage you can't go log into Facebook or anything else without seeing 15 different funnel y type things. So oh,
1: there's one. I won't give Facebook any money. I'm sure I'm leaving money on the table, but I've never given Facebook a dollar and I have no plans to ever give Facebook any of my money. And Mm -hmm. I've run a successful I've I've built two six figure, you know, online course platforms. uh, Are you giving Twitter your money?
0: What other social media platforms?
1: I've never used paid advertisements ever.
0: See, Oh, boom! there's See, my zany I mean, belief. There's my, <laughs> I love it. I know. I love it. Uh, you know, uh, a good, uh, the guy who wrote the consulting Bible, Alan Weiss, he flat out has said, yeah, yeah. you know, like when you're doing kind of the top tier service level stuff, or even in this case, top tier product level level stuff, yep. he's like that digital advertising. And, and this reigns true. I, I mean, I manage really expensive campaigns for people and don't tell them I said this, but yeah, absolutely. Guess what? When you actually look at the numbers, I just had this conversation with a client today. Like, what are the numbers of, uh, if you were to hire somebody, pay them 15 bucks an hour or whatever, right. And pay them full-time to sell for you. Let's look, let's compare the numbers at some point for a lot of businesses. I think the numbers could shock a lot of people like, oh my God, we got so many more high quality customers from paying a sign waiver on the street corner than we did Maybe. on digital advertising. I right? I'm so curious
1: about this because uh again like my refunds are so low and i think part of it is like maybe i'm more of a lifestyle brand or i'm very honest like i'm very like kind of touchy-feely and like look into my life and kumbaya a little bit whatever like i'm i'm very authentic and approachable with people and so i'm like i trust that if you connect with me and you like what i'm up to you're gonna buy my thing yes i think I'm probably that is the funnel the table. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think that is a funnel. I don't think yeah. you are because you know, that you you're never accounting for the customer service fees and everything else involved. You know, yep. I, like, I, I think you have to mitigate those costs with the hidden costs of, well, now I'm in funnel. Now I have a lot of requests, a lot more support requests, a lot yeah. more of people who got sold quickly on something they yes. weren't truly committed to doing.
1: Absolutely. And, and
0: I think the only way I get to Marie is like, well, I heard about her. Then I watched a video and I watched another video. Then I binge watched 14 videos.
1: Exactly. Then I followed
0: her on Twitter. Then you feel like
1: that. you know me, right? And yeah, then we're like at yeah. mentioning each other. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah like the yeah. relationship
0: gets built over time. Wow. It's almost like customer relationships develop, exactly. right? Like and and I do think that that is a funnel. That's an organic funnel, and it creates more of a trusting pull. So I think you're creating higher mm. trust. And sure, that might. I, I think you can still p- find any number of ways to amplify volume. Yeah, you're, sure, you know, sure. sure. If you want to throw your money at that, sure. I'm sure you could shove more people in, but I, I, I strongly, you know, there is that that tipping point, right? That you find where it's like, hmm, okay, this is no longer fun when I have to mitigate yeah. this many people saying they've had a bad time or they've had a bad experience. Exactly. Like, the, you know, when when you have to have a strategy to manage refunds, <laughs> that's when, you know, like, Ah, that's, that's tough. Don't get me wrong. I, again, that I'm not driven, everything that I'm saying right now, I am not driven by purely profit. So I'm a lifestyle business person. So I'm a little wonky in that respect, but I I think it's, so what other supposed to's um, that come to mind? What other things are you supposed to do?
1: Uh, Be consistent. (laughs) You know, I should be shipping a newsletter every week. Uh I should be shipping a, a video every week. I don't, I, you know, it's, Sometimes I don't have the energy or it's just not, I'm not feeling it or whatever. Maybe I don't have a good enough processes around that. That is an area that I have put as like a goal. Like I want to really build a marketing habit. It's like a routine. It's a thing I need to, to build and to work on. So that's kind of like one of the skills I'm working on is like better copywriting. I'm mm-hmm. taking this hilarious uh, conversion comedy class with Leanna Patch, which is like, I, I consider myself like a kind of a goofy funny person but I do feel like I, I censor myself a little bit online where I'm like not sure how much my weird sense of humor would like translate so in some ways I feel quite restrained online and I'm trying to find that blend of how can I be a little bit more me in my copy mm-hmm. so taking a course like that to like make the the copywriting and the emails a little more like me a little more humorous and opening myself up a little bit so I'm always trying to um,
0: yeah. I think they're, I think they're fun. I think when you introduce (laughs) more dimensions of yourself, I think that uh, people connect with you that way. And uh, because if we don't resonate with your quirkiness, it's like, if I sign up for the mastery class, I'm going to get a lot of that for a long time. Right.
1: Yeah. I can't remember if we talked about this, but I had someone, I think I said, um, said get shit done or something like that. in one of my newsletters, and I had a reply that someone was like, uh, you really shouldn't swear in your newsletters or whatever. And I don't know if I like unsubscribed him, but but I was like you it was know, that in this... the
0: tool drop where that was that dichotomy between it was to me it was so more productivity
1: awesome. please I'm just like yeah. I'm not only gonna talk about like productivity is not like an end result like we're being productive toward something having a better life so like how is what I was talking about not about productivity so I was like, okay, I have to remember, these are not my people, like, forget it, don't overthink it. But it's just finding that voice and flavor that's I, I really honest. I think you should have an outlet.
0: To, I, like I say, I struggle yeah. with this too, as an entrepreneur. Like, that's why I created a brand that was a broad lifestyle brand. And I, I think you've got mm. that too. And I think you need a segment and outline like, where as us, heroic life, like we can be talking about Notion today, and then we can talk about a snowboard review tomorrow or, or right, some killer huh. gear or like, here's my new shirts. Here's what we launched. Here's yeah. what sucks about them. Here's what we like about them. any number of things. Like, I think that there is, there's so many lifestyle design geeks out there who do, we have this Appreciate design that habit yeah, yeah. with all we're applying it everywhere in our lives. So I love to know polymaths like yourself where it's like, Oh my God, finally somebody who gets me let's nerd out about. X, There's right? other things outside of Notion that I like to talk about, even and, though this is the most profitable thing to talk about. Yeah. I know, and that's, that's the position, right? And it's <laughs> yeah. like the uh, like, yeah. Give me a checkbox where I can like other emails. Give me those the weird yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. Weird stuff. Check. Yeah. Sign me up because specifically for those in the audience right now, um, we talked about this in part one. There was an email that went out there where she ba- Marie basically gave out her tech stack and really cool tools and trying to help people make money with Notion even. And she got, she was trying to juggle the negative feedback that she got from that. And, and, and it's like, you got negative feedback for that email that totally helped people make money. That was my favorite email. Yeah. It's like the people that it resonates with, like you get all the
1: replies and then you get a couple of douchey comments and it's like, (laughs) all right, well, there was like two, you know, 25 great emails and two not so nice emails. So I think that's a pretty good (laughs) Pretty good um,
0: ratio. <laughs> here's here's my last question. Then I'll jump. We'll jump off here. Is um, what have you changed your mind about, or decided you didn't have a good answer for in the past few years? Is there something big where it's like, you know what, I was really a gung ho this person, and then I found out I wasn't.
1: Yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing I've changed my mind about is this idea of the solopreneur, of being like. This solo person, and only I can do these things, and only I've got these skill sets. And since bringing on my assistant, and since collaborating with more people, and and like even hiring a designer, there's a couple other people that I'm working with now. And again, seeing Mariah and seeing her grow her team, multi-million dollar course business, and just to see where she's taken it, I was like, oh man, it's that you. What you can go if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, like that kind of thing. And I, really set on the sort of solopreneur, like, oh, I'll just do my thing and keep all the money and blah. blah. But I think now that I've, I've reached m- maybe more financial abundance or like, I feel really confident in my work and, you know, revenue's coming in. I feel like I'm in a good place. I'm like, who do I want to reinvest in now? Who do I need on my team? How could I take this further? How could I scale? Now I'm in a position to scale. What does that look like? And it's just opened up a lot more expansive possibilities for me than, than I sort of thought. I think I was just like very more scarce in my thinking before about
0: that. And, and kind of to push back on that, do you, you know, I mean, that's obviously a condition of your conditions, right? Like, uh, would you, would you like, (laughs) because obviously your financial situation changed that allowed you to afford that thinking. And I think it's important for everybody following along at home to realize uh, like, I don't want to condemn solopreneur thought because until you hit it, right. Until you have that hit. Yeah. Yeah. um, Would you say, is it, is it fair to say that it's like, well, as soon as, this happened, right? As soon as we achieved liftoff, it was easier for me to think in the clouds a little bit more and, and scale out or, or or delegate more. I'm sure there's the like team. a number
1: of little micro steps, right? You like hit that next step and you're like, oh, okay, like maybe I could bring on an assistant or something like that. But I, I do think um, bringing on s- virtual assistant or or whatever, even if it's like, 2 hours a week or 10 hours a month like you could start really really small and for a reasonable price have someone handle some of those more annoying administrative tasks. I think I would have done that a lot earlier cool. like knowing what I know now do even you, just at a tiny scale.
0: Do you have a service that you like the most cuz VAs are many
1: No, places. I've got my woman who lives here locally on the coast and she's amazing and she has a background she used to teach her own online yoga courses and things like that. So um it was pure luck I feel like I hit the jackpot with her I get to pay her in Canadian dollars and she you know with the pandemic unfortunately we can't work in person but we will be able to do that which is like I live in a tiny town in the middle of the woods and the fact that I could actually coordinate with my assistant in person is, is I very have
0: yeah I have a rule generally like we don't hire anybody who's not in a three hour flight path so oh I interesting I like to be able to get to you in a day so I can punch him in the throat that was that's the, fair uh, yeah yeah that's like <laughs> that was the, that's the ultimate criteria. penalty right like if you, uh, uh I know that's uh sorry we were we're we're very we're, we're we have, we have a very aggressive uh, uh, culture here at Heroic, but uh, that is the rule. It's the, it's Read fro- the playbook. <laughs> fro- right? punching distance, right? It's like, oh, you're a three-hour flight away. Stay there. I'm on my way right now. Um, no, but like it, it, there is something, too. It's like we, we all have to work remotely. And I love that your answer was, I found somebody locally with awesome experience lucky yeah Yeah. like that's well i mean she
1: didn't know notion when we started working but i was like hey are you open to learning this tool gave her access to the course she picked it up so fast and now all of our communication is in there she can help make templates like she actually helped do a lot of the legwork of the gardening template because i had mine i was like hey can you duplicate this make another version of this clean up the relations and i was like we'll just split the profits and she's like yeah that sounds amazing so would like send her half of the the template revenue so I'm trying to incentivize her in creative ways too that if we do really well this quarter profit first I want to share that with her because she's actually she's legitimately helping me do
0: that scaling I was just gonna say that's scaling it's human scaling right like thats absolutely that's, that scale people forget that that's even an option right it's like and and that takes a lot off your plate which is always you know oh it's um,
1: huge yeah, when the stuff are- that um, the stuff, I used to call it bitch work. Um, I think I even used to call it bitch work in my templates. It was like a bitch work task. And I was like, maybe I should rename this. And now I'm like, it's a Georgia task. Um, But (laughs) I realized it was probably offensive to refer to the work that she was doing as bitch work. I'm like, it's just like, it's really annoying work for me but she loves it. She, you know, she's jumping out of bed to do that work. And I was like, I love that the stuff that turns me inside out makes you very excited. Like this could not be more perfect.
0: (laughs) That's great. That's a How great do I clone compliment. you? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. That's great. Uh, I'll be looking in the mastery the mastery course for the- Oh, the, you'll see the, her the in there, work, yeah. uh, <laughs> Our task. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, Marie Pullen, everybody. You can find her at mariepullen.com. Uh, Google her, you'll find her YouTube videos. You can check her out. Uh, she also hosts uh, Office Hours for Notion proper. Um, and then she's got uh, videos of her own. Is there, is there anything else you'd like to uh, share uh, as, as we part here?
1: No, people can always you know, at mention me on Twitter. I'm, I'm pretty friendly on there too. And if you like the more behind the scenes lifestyle outside of business stuff, people can follow me on Instagram too. There's a lot of like plant and cute puppy photos and things like that, so.
0: <laughs> awesome, all right, Marie, Thank yeah, you so thank much you. for being here. And, and everybody, so mariepoolin.com, go check it out. Or you can find links on everything at Heroic Life uh, along with the show notes, a full review of the mastery class, the ins, the outs, the good, the bad, and the ugly that I didn't even cover. There's there's a little bit, but it's great great course. Anyway, thank you guys for being here. Thank you all. Take care.